Good afternoon, St. George. Hello. And this is Michael Harding. And this is Christina Harding. And we're here with On the Arts, that show that is dedicated to blowing the lid off of all of these wonderful little artistic secrets that we have here in Southern Utah. Mm -hmm. And we've got a lot. Yeah, boy, do we ever. I'll tell you, a Mm -hmm. lot is going on, not only here in St. George, but also up in Cedar City. In Mm -hmm. fact, uh, we're going to have some guests on Thursday from Cedar City. Yes, they will be doing, it's called Swan Day from Statera Arts. We'll have two ladies that are involved in this. And what it is, is it's a a group of women that get together to celebrate women in the arts. And they're going to, it'll be off the cuff. Uh, I guess people that go like to do improv and do that play go up that place in Cedar City. Uh, they're going to have art displays up, and and women will be singing, and it's just a celebration of women in the arts, which I think is very important nowadays. So. And I think mm-hmm. that'll be wonderful to find out uh, a lot mm-hmm. about the organizers of this. Yes. Uh, we're going to have two people here. One is Caitlin Mills, mm-hmm. who has actually been a guest on our show before. Yes, with Women of Will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. She, she played Pericles yes. in uh-huh. uh, the title character yeah. in their production of Pericles. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, who else do we have? Uh, I believe Stavros. Uh, uh, oh. Alexandra Stavros. Alexandra Stavros, thank you. <laughs> She'll be on also. Yeah, and they, they're, they've helped organize this event. Fantastic. And it's a it's a nationwide thing. I mean, uh, women have been doing this all over the country, and and we're going to learn more about it. I'm hoping that maybe in St. George we can start doing it on Swan Day. Now, I, I'm only going off of rumors here, but I do believe that all over the country there mm-hmm. are women and artists. So I think this is oh, something that yeah, could be. Yeah, really. Well, yes, and it's time that we educated men like you and that <laughs> women are involved in the arts and do a lot for the arts. Yes. Can you feel the love okay, stop, tonight? Stop, stop, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have Elton John anytime soon. Maybe in a week or two. Yeah, you kind of threw me off here because I was. We had to jump on on so fast and get everything set up. Usually, we just sit here and shoot the breeze with our guests before the show starts, <laughs> so we didn't get to really <laughs> relax before we got on the air today. We're doing, well, so I can't find my words. <laughs> let me tell you what I what I was working on so fast. There, if you, you are interested yeah. in watching us, uh, so you can see what we look like, yes. the faces in front. I of the I did my hair today, so yeah, it's a great day. So check out radio. Check we, it out. we always dress up for radio. Check it out. Yeah, um, you can check us out on. Radio St. George on Facebook. That's Radio Space, ST Space George mm-hmm. on Facebook. And we are broadcasting live on that page right now as well. This will be archived, so you can check it out at any point. Forever and ever. Ever and ever. Mm-hmm. So our guest today, make sure you say yeah. very profound things. Yes. Profound. Oh, he just did. <laughs> very, yeah. Good. Yeah, very quietly, <laughs> but profound. And we, you can also check us out on YouTube. We are broadcasting live, and you can just type in On the Arts with Michael and Christina Harding. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll get, I believe, almost every single one yes. of our episodes. Yes. This is season three. We have interviewed well over 60 season guests three. at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Season mm-hmm. three, where we find our stride, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the audiences crave more. Yes. And uh, you, you can check out what we look like. That is video. But we also hope that if you enjoy what you hear, that you let others know that at 4 p.m. on Tuesdays yeah. and Thursdays, they can listen to On the Arts, a show that's dedicated to getting to know the people mm-hmm. behind the arts. And if there's somebody in our community that knows of an art event coming up, whether it is uh, painting or singing or uh, musical instruments or theater, we want to know about it. So if you want to contact us on our On the Arts page, you all you have to do is message and we'll get right back to you. And we are full through the month of the April. We do go semester by semester. So when the semester ends the end of April, we'll be off the air for a while. But we'll come back in the fall. For season four. For season four. And uh, we would love to have you on the show and let our community know more about what you're what you're doing in the arts. Mm-hmm. We were actually, I, can, I can't find my words either. Yeah, it's we were, really 
actually, thinking about a segment of the show, I don't think we'll do this, but we were going over what's happening that we could announce, and we found all sorts of things that we did not announce last show and that they've Mm -hmm. actually happened, and we thought, (laughs) we'll do a segment on the things you missed. Yeah, that'll be coming up sometime. (laughs) Yeah, so many many wonderful events going on, especially at Dixie State University right now. We've got a lot going Mm -hmm. on, and uh, the music department particularly, we've had many, many guests. We love the music department. uh, This is part of the sloppy segue into our guest who's with us here in the studio. You always today. say sloppy. Sloppy. I, I want to say smooth. Say smooth segue. Smooth. This is the Delilah transition. The Delilah as he takes a drink and, okay. Yes, I, I must be hydrated for this transition. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you, this is my monologue portion where I do my personal we connection. Well, uh, here at Dixie State University, I haven't been involved with the music department really much at all. And... Uh, I I do enjoy having conversations with my musician friends Mm -hmm. because I do have a bit of a history in music. Uh, Of course, my brother, with with his training and such, I grew up with it, uh, training on the piano, training in composition and things of that sort. And how I rebelled against my classical music family is I took up the trumpet to be part of the marching band. Um, This was my joy. Whenever my brother was practicing practicing Rachmaninoff in the other room, I was in there. I wish I could say I were actually playing music. I was really just finding loud noise on this trumpet. And a, a strange thing happened. I actually developed a love marching band. And I I know quite often in high school, that's not the popular thing. You know, that that phrase, band geek, gets thrown around quite a bit. Well, I'm a proud band geek. I love band geeks. I had a great time. Yeah, me too. Well, I'm glad you married married one. one. I married one. uh, But but I even went so far as to become what's called the drum major, uh, because it wasn't Ah. enough for me to just be you know, in the trumpet line, I had to be in front wearing white, the different uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just because of my ego, which later propelled me into the world of acting. But that's a whole Such nother story. Such a story, yes. But uh, anyhow, I do remember actually falling in love with the craft of marching band. And it wasn't just about playing loud, as it started out for me with, with the trumpet. But I started to understand that it wasn't just making pretty pictures on the field. It wasn't just rousing up the crowd at halftime at football games. But there was an actual art and craft to it. And that's something that we are going to be discussing with our guests a little bit, the possibilities of this sort of opportunity mm. coming up. But one of the things <laughs> I love to do is write field shows. And it's something that I haven't done in quite a while. And I get really excited about it, uh, learning not only how to graph out the pictures on the football field, but also being aware of things such as what is the instrumentation that you're trying to punch up at the time? Should you have your heavy brass pointed towards the goalposts on a major moment in the music? Uh, Or do you want to actually choreograph it so that they are pointed towards the goalpost, and therefore the sound is moving away from the crowd, and then at that big, dramatic musical swell, have them just turn either slowly or sharply towards the crowd. To me, there's nothing more exhilarating. Absolutely nothing more exhilarating. And uh, what this took me to was something called DCI, Drum Corps International. Now, this was a long roundabout way of bringing me to our guest. <laughs> it was I was smooth. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I was actually marching marching, I think, literally down the hall of offices. And there's another former guest of ours, Rhonda Rhodes. And I was whistling Malaguena 
And uh, you were marching down the hallway. I was yes, I was in one of those good moods, ah, and then there I this go. This happened in the faculty offices, or uh, yes. Oh, okay. I would never do it in front of the students most of yeah, the time. Most of the time. Mm-hmm. But Rhonda actually came to her door, and she said, "Malaguena, are you by chance a fan of the Madison Scouts?" And I said, "Why, yes, I am." And I oh. found a kindred spirit. And then what was glorious is it wasn't just a dialogue between two. Out came another presence from his office, Bryant Smith, Dr. Bryant uh-huh. Smith, who knew exactly what we were talking about and was actually just as excited by it. So it's a thrill, actually, to have you here in the studio today. Dr. Bryant Yay. Smith, welcome to On the welcome. Arts. Thank you so much. Thanks mm-hmm. for having me today. Mm-hmm. And a good intro. I like, the, I like the intro here because I know you've got a musical history, and I like the, the fact that you've got so much passion about it. <laughs> Music's an easy thing to get passionate about. I know that. And for boy, sure. does he get passionate about that, it. That's yeah. a good thing. That's a great thing. I want everyone on DSU's campus to be passionate about music. And it doesn't matter if it's marching or concert or choir yeah. or orchestra or whatever garage band is coming to play on campus. Let's yes. let's do it. Let's yes. have some great music playing. <laughs> so Well, that's all right. I, I love sharing with people that I'm actually getting a free education myself here at Dixie State University. Uh, Mm -hmm. You do have the office right next to mine. And at 9 a.m. on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, when I'm just gearing up for my first class, which is at 10 a.m., I'm listening to a class being taught in the office right next door. And I have to tell you, I have learned quite a few things. (laughs) That tells me that I'm speaking very loudly in a very small space. (laughs) But very dynamically. I I hope so. It's fun because it's all about band literature it's about what kind of music is out there for the for my students who are hoping to become uh, future directors of musical ensembles for them to learn oh what kind of great music was there and not just music you know that was written today or 50 years ago but all the way back into mozart and, and beethoven and there's wonderful wind music that is done for them as well so great opportunities to learn mm-hmm. so Gotcha. Well, and I've heard a big variety of music coming from your room. I want to talk about your past just a little bit. Yeah, who sure. are you? This is the hard-hitting journalism. <laughs> I'm the weird guy. <laughs> who the heck are you? That's right. Yes. Uh, in looking over your biography, not only do you have quite an education, uh, having both an undergrad and a master's from Brigham Young University and, was it University of Utah? University of Utah, ah. yeah. And uh, you also went to Northern Colorado. Am I yes. correct in that? Yep. I uh, did my doctorate at the University of Northern Colorado. So that, that was your education, and you've done adjunct work at both uh, BYU and UVU, mm-hmm. uh, Utah Valley University. But the thing that stood out to me was that in 2009, you were given the honor of being Teacher of the Year. Was it for Spanish Fork High School? Yeah, I was the director at Spanish Fork High School for four years. Um, during that time, I taught jazz band, concert band, pep band, marching band, uh, guitar, and AP music theory. That was my, my course load. And I loved it. I loved teaching high school. There's something about the energy of high school students that are really, really cool. <laughs> and every time I'm around them, it's one of the best parts of my job now is that I get to go to every high school and be uh-huh. involved with all of these different students. And it's fun to walk into their rooms and to to have them say, Dr. Smith, hey! And, <laughs> and, and we have this this great banter that goes yeah. on. But when I was a, a high school teacher, I was I was had a wonderful year that year. I had great students. And they uh, 
they were very kind to me that year and they said, yeah, well, you've done a great job. That was the year that our band wow. went to state and did a, a great job at the state festival. It was the first time that that band had been there in, oh, 20 years, I think. So it was great to, to kind of rise back up to that uh, for that institution. It was really fun. Mm -hmm. So great, great kids, though. That, that's what it's all about is watching those kids be happy. And so when they when they told me about that award, it was fun because the two kids who came and told me about it were both my band students. <laughs> and they came up and I can remember Sharissa coming up to me and saying, you know, we're going to give this to you. And she was kind of shy about it. And I'm like, what? Thank you. Oh, my baby. Thank you. Hallmark moment. So yeah. yeah, it was really wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So, so what brought you to Dixie state university? Um, I was teaching up in Washington state prior to this. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd gotten a job up North. Great job. Columbia basin college, uh, in the Southeastern corner of, of Washington, mm -hmm. uh, on the dry side of the state, not the wet green lush <laughs> part that everyone thinks of. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's the part I, I'm from. I love yeah. that. And, and it's a great part, but it's great on the East side too. I really enjoyed it back there. Um, and I was teaching jazz, almost exclusively there, uh, several other, you know, smaller things as well, but, but mostly touring with a jazz band and running a jazz band, um, which I loved. But my passion is in conducting wind ensembles. I really love being in front of the ensemble, like you said, for marching band, that's me in front of a concert ensemble. I have two degrees in conducting, getting up in front and just teaching the, the wonderful beauty of wind music. Uh -huh. And so when I, when I saw this job open, it was really funny. I, my wife showed me the post. Um, I was doing a presentation about how to get a job for my college students that I was <laughs> teaching at the time. And uh, so I just went out there and looked to see what was open. And this came open and my wife, Heather, she, uh, she saw the job post. She turned to me and she said, you're going to get that job. And the next day she started cleaning the house. I hadn't submitted an, an application, hadn't done anything. She just said, you're going to get that job. And I, I did. I went, I went through the process and I loved it down here. I loved the fact that I could be teaching uh, concert band again, symphonic band again. I loved that I could be teaching conducting, uh, that I could be teaching wind literature and teaching basics of music. That's really, those are the things that I really want to do. Huh. And the fact that I could do it here um, a little bit more than I could do up north was, was really great. Uh -huh. um, you know, big props to those people up in, in Washington. They were outstanding. Mm -hmm. And they were great to me, but this place called and I answered. I said, I'm coming here. And when did you start teaching at Dixie State University? So this is my third year here. Third, okay. Yeah, so I've uh, been, been here three years and uh, replaced uh, Gary Caldwell, ah, who was here for Gary. 37 years. Yeah. Outstanding man. <laughs> Maestro Caldwell. Indeed, yes. and, and, and such a sweet man, too. Yes. Oh, I just, I love Gary. <laughs> and uh, he's been so good to me. But yeah, when, when that came up... Uh, Gary said, uh, he, he said, I went into to meet him for the first time. And I said, uh, yeah, my wife thinks that I should go teach at Snow College someday. She says that's God's country. And <laughs> Gary pulled out a score to a piece of music that he was playing called God's Country. And he handed it to me and he said, you tell your wife that God's country's in Dixie. That's hilarious. And there we were. And I, and I said, okay. And that's yeah. when I knew, okay, this, this, this is, is going to yeah. happen. So in we went. Oh, <laughs> you have this delightful cartoon on uh, your door, yep. actually. And it's a conductor who's just looking kind of stymied, I should say, mm -hmm. at this note on his music stand. Yep. And it just says, wave the stick till the music stops, then turn and take a bow. 
That's I what I do, <laughs> right? You know, that's all it is. <laughs> well, that's right. I, I had the pleasure of sitting in on your conducting class one time to watch, and it, that is one thing that amazes me. Now, when I was a drum major, I learned how to keep time, to mm. beat, and I, I would wave my arms so that the entire football field could see what I was doing, and I would occasionally adjust the volume just a little bit because sure. I could. Sure. But I was amazed at the level of craft that really goes into really complex music and conducting it. I have to ask you, what got you into that? Was it just watching somebody wave their arms in front of a group or were you raised with music? You know, it's interesting. When I was in high school, I had the opportunity to conduct a piece of music during a concert. It was a choir piece that I had arranged. Um, it was from the, the show River Dance, if you remember that original yes. show. They had that beautiful Michael song. Michael Flatley, he keeps turning down our, <laughs> yeah. our requests. He'll come eventually. I, I've day. seen the swag you're going to give out, and yeah. it's going to be oh, great for it. So. it. Yeah. He calls himself Lord hey, of the Dance, but Lord you know, he's okay. It, it's Lord of St. George Radio. I don't think we could keep be. him still in here, though. He'd be dancing all over, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I arranged uh, the piece "Home in the Heartland" from that that wonderful show, and uh, and I got the chance to conduct it, and I thought it was really fun, but I really didn't know what I was doing very well, um, and so I kind of dabbled in it a little bit, but I'd always known that I was going to be a music teacher since seventh grade. I said I'm going to be a music teacher, hmm. and I've known it, and so I knew that that was part of the job. Um, but my opportunity to really fall in love with conducting came like yours with being the drum major at the University of Utah. You were the drum major. I was. My fifth year at the University of Utah, my, my final year there, um, I was the drum major there. And I went up for the audition for it and uh, got the gig and, and was just fell in love with being in front. <laughs> being in the middle is great. And you're right. There is a certain amount of this sort of presence that's required to be up there. Um, but it is, there's something magical about being able to point and just have something happen. And if something's not going right, it's a little bit of responsibility too, of course, but to be able to say, no, that's too much. Okay, time for more. Okay, your turn to go. And, and, and to just be the one who, who is orchestrating all of these little things is really, really fun. Mm. And I fell in love with it and uh, had the chance to study with five, well, seven remarkable directors, five of which were members of the American Bandmasters Association, which oh. is like the select group of 100 in the country, um, remarkable conductors. But I just learned it's wonderful to just be in front, to, to be sharing a musical experience with 60 other people. Uh, in my case, that's how many we have in the band this year. Ah. And so uh, the chance to do that is just wonderful. Oh, there's 60 in our band here? Is that, that our is? symphonic band? That's symphonic our symphonic band. band. Oh, yep. wow. Um, we, we, I'm the weird one on campus. I'm the one who wants 100 kids in the class. And so I'm <laughs> oh, not done. I'm not done person. yet. Yeah. Um, we don't yep. have room for your kind. Here. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> on the contrary, we will make room <laughs> for this. Um, yeah, I mean, when I came in, I think I had 25 who were on the rosters. Uh, yeah, I was 25 the first term uh -huh. and uh, each term since I've been here, we've grown and I've got another 35 who've requested scholarships for the coming year. Oh, wow. So we're, we're making progress in the right direction. Yes. It's, it's really great to see.
Well, I have to ask you, that's our symphonic band. Uh, yes. Are there any plans towards having a marching band? I mean, we certainly have moved divisions in sure. our football team. And yeah, it's... we have two sides to our stadium now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we want to appease both for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's definitely a movement that is going on right now. Um, we've had a discussions movement. with a lot. There is. I mean, there's there are discussions that are happening uh very regularly about this. Um, I'm putting together some numbers right now regarding that, um, trying to figure out how much it would cost. I mean, that's the first issue with a marching band. I mean, we have to hit rubber meets the road. Um, If you want a marching band, it's going to cost thousands upon thousands of dollars. Uniforms and instruments and coaches and everything. Absolutely. You get just the uniforms on your own, which you have to change out every 10 years. Um, You know, for 100 uniforms, how much is that going to be? That's going to be literally $100,000 mm. of, of, instru- of uh, uniforms for that. You've got, you've got instruments that are going to be brand new because you've got to find you know, that instrumentation that fits that band. The next thing that has to happen, too, is you've got to have space. Um, if you start going and buying, let's say, 10 sousaphones, where do you put them? I don't have a space for 10 <laughs> sousaphones right now. They so we're going to have to create that. That's right. That would be a big trunk. Um, <laughs> so, you know, all of those considerations are in there. And then we've got to think about um, how it's going to be run. Who's going to be the actual director of that group? I have a full-time job running a job as a marching band director and an athletic band pep band director is an enormous responsibility. Um, getting someone full-time for that would be something that would be absolutely crucial to making this happen for a division one school that's growing so well. Um, so do I see it? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely out there. It's in the water and it's in conversation mode at this point is what I would say. Uh, lots to, lots to go. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be there. And I told my students, if you want to do, you want to do a marching band, your first step is to register for pep band to make sure (laughs) that there is a, you know, a large cadre of people in pep band who are going to stay there who are going to play for mm-hmm. all the football games and the basketball games. And, and so that we can support our wonderful athletes That's here. Fun. And That's you a know, lot of fun. It yeah. is. It's a great <laughs> thing to do. Yeah. Um, I, I've been in those situations where we support athletes, yeah. um, not, just, not just here at Dixie State, but at University of Utah, BYU, yeah. Northern Colorado. You know, it, it's opportunities are out there for, for Division One schools. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, that's a a debate that I would love to get your view on, a a debate that I've had with my brother, I think, every single year for the last three and a half decades. I kid you not. The, and again, this goes back to the rebellion I had of taking up the trumpet. Yep. My family was very classical, very classical. Uh, my grandfather wanted to be a classical concert pianist, but he, he ended up being an organist because he could make money off of that. Sure. My mother wanted to be a classical pianist. My brother actually is a classical pianist. Classical, 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 all over the place. Mm-hmm. And then I get into marching band, and that really drove them crazy. You know, we're playing <laughs> Huey Lewis in the news on the field. Yay! And, and, it's the power uh, of love, baby. It's the power of love. <laughs> and th- there are actually two debates, two debates that I love to bring to every family gathering. One is whether or not the piano is truly a percussion instrument. That will get my brother (laughs) going crazy. And the second is, are the participants in marching band slash drum corps musicians or athletes? Uh, Is it a sport or is it an art? Maybe it's called a spart. A spart. It's spart. That's Spartans for those who are out there. (laughs) Exactly. Um, We... These are both really good questions. For my 1010 students out there, they better include this on answers for their test. Mm. A a keyboard instrument 
is a keyboard instrument. It has. My brother would love you. It has. Well, it has both. It has the strings on the inside, and it is hit with a hammer on the string. Thus, it's the combination of the string family and the percussion family. And as a result, you get a certain uh, conglomeration of keyboard instruments that are known just as the keyboards. We look at pianos, we look at harpsichords, we look at clavichords. These are all instruments that are percussive in nature and string in nature. So they just get their own category. Right. They're, they're just that way, and it's wonderful they're for special. them. That's Those right. weird, <laughs> indefinable instruments. <laughs> and beautiful all the way yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. So, and well, now the other one. Okay, so so state the other one again. So, And actually, we're coming up on a, a news break. Oh, okay. So I'm going to titillate our listeners okay. uh, to oh. actually have them be thinking about, <laughs> is it a sport? Is it an art? And uh, until we actually get back to learn not only more philosophical things about uh, what is marching band and what is presentational music and sport, if you will. But I also do want to remind people of a theater event that's going to be happening the rest of this week. And that's oh, a production that? we have called The Wake of Jamie Foster. Uh, that's a play that's happening here at the school. And mm-hmm. it is tomorrow through Saturday nights at 730 Uh, Tickets are $10 or just $1 if you have a student ID or a faculty ID. We hope you'll come out and check it out. But now we're going to go to news and weather. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen, host of Harvesting Happiness, broadcasting consciously prepared brain food, inviting you to join me on this week's show to learn how to tap into your creative brain to reach your full potential with my guests, Dr. Mike Long, PhD, and Sam Bennett. To learn more, please visit HarvestingHappinessTalkRadio.com. Harvesting Happiness, Sundays at 4 on Radio St. George 100.3. Some of the web stuff you see on RadioDixie913.com is brought to you by St. George Design. Specializing in web design, custom graphic design, and print media. Give your business what it deserves. A great website with a great design. A proud sponsor of Radio Dixie 913, StGeorgeDesign.com. On March 25th through the 30th, the DSU Theater will be performing The Wake of Jamie Foster, a sad story that will explore who Jamie Foster was and who he met through his life. The performance will start at 7.30 in the Echoes Black Box Theater. General admission is $10 and $1 for DSU students. All Dixie State students, DCUPD lobby is now open 24-7, so the access to a new lost and found Dropbox is available. So for all of you who have lost your crap, you can pick it up, like wallets, jewelry, cell phones, and computers. Just come on by to DCUPD and pick it up. Dispatch is on its way. You can listen to Radio St. George anywhere with the TuneIn app. Download the TuneIn app from iTunes or Google Play and add Radio St. George. And then enjoy Radio St. George anywhere. Radio St. George on the TuneIn app. Our place on the internet. RadioStGeorge.com Welcome back to Radio St. George 100.3 with On the Arts. 
And now your hosts, Michael and Christina Harding. Ooh, Welcome we back. back. <laughs> and I have to say, if yeah. you've never checked us out on Facebook or YouTube, now would be the time. Yeah, Boy, we're... we were rocking out there for yeah. us. Yeah. Groovy. I like that. <laughs> Our guest just used the word groovy. Absolutely. Groovy. That's because jazz is all about groove. Groove. You gotta Absolutely. have the groove. Yeah. And or if you're not in the groove, then get out. Yes, so so Glenn, Glenn Webb is the cool cat, and Brian Absolutely. Smith is the groovy. All right, He's the groovy, groovy cat. The groovy, we'll cat. groovy cat. Yeah. I love it. Groovy cat Smith. Gotta get all these nicknames going. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, just uh, welcome back. We have been talking to Dr. Brian Smith yes. um, about marching band particularly, and we've gotten into conducting and a few other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to leave that, uh, that debate out there over whether marching band is a sport or an art, just to let people come cogitate on that just a little bit. (laughs) Let's find out a little bit more about uh, you, Dr. Smith. You've mentioned jazz. What got you into that? Why jazz? It's it's very funny. Um, the the fact of the matter is is that I played jazz all through high school and I loved playing jazz. It was wonderful. And I went to college at at the University of Utah and my saxophone instructor, Mark Ely, who I absolutely love, just a, a great mentor and friend, um, he, he trained me classically on saxophone and I got really into classical saxophone with him. Um, and I didn't take any jazz courses at the University of Utah. And then I went to BYU and I got a degree in conducting and I didn't take any jazz courses (laughs) at BYU. And then I went to Spanish Fork and we had a small jazz band. I mean, it wasn't even a full jazz band. It was kind of a small group and I enjoyed teaching it, but it was it didn't come as naturally to me, I think, as I, I wanted it to. Um, but it was okay. It was like, all right, yeah, we, we had some fun. We did some good things. And, and I loved watch, you know, watching the kids grow and playing with them. And then I went to northern Colorado, and I didn't take any jazz courses until the very end. And I was sitting in a meeting, and my, uh, one of my advisors had all these advisors there, and, and one of them was the, the orchestra director. And he said, you really need to take more more literature classes on orchestral literature. Oh, I like how you said that. And Well, I mean, that's how he said it. And he actually would have said it with a British accent because oh, he's, oh, he, he's from Great Britain and, and just a um, great guy. And he, and he brought this up. And I just had this feeling. And I had the jazz director who was sitting right next to me. And I said, you know, I just have this feeling like I should take a jazz class. And the jazz director just smiled. He just goes... <laughs> Nice smile that goes with it. And uh, I said, okay, so I took one jazz class. And then I went through the process of trying to get a job, which getting job at the collegiate level is really hard to do. It is a very taxing thing. And the job that I ended up getting, I got offered two jobs, one in North Dakota and one in Washington. And the one in Washington was this jazz gig. And I just had this feeling like that's where I needed to go. So I went to, to Washington and I took this jazz gig and I remember talking to a, a good friend, John Owen, and I said, John, I'm really worried that I don't know that much about jazz. And he looked at me and he said, yeah, but you know about music and you'll be able to do it because you know music and you've got music in you. And I kind of took that and said, okay, I can do this. And so I did for three years, I ran this jazz band and I learned and I learned fast and I had a great jazz band. They were not only a full complement of instruments, but they were 
they were good. <laughs> and I mean, we were we were traveling all around the Northwest and playing in all these different places and playing tunes that that were way beyond anything I had ever touched in my entire life. And I was so proud of those kids and so happy to be in front of them. Um, and to this day now, when I think about jazz, I, I really, I get excited. It was something <laughs> yeah. that I that was a weakness for me, and it became a strength mm. during those those three years. And now I I love it. And whenever I can, I just arranged a piece of music for for Glenn and his jazz band here at Dixie State. Mm -hmm. uh, they just performed that uh, this past semester, which was great. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully, I've got some more. I've got another one in the pipeline right now. So oh, fun. It's really fun for me. Yeah. I love jazz music. Yeah. Well, that's something I've always loved about jazz musicians. And, you know, we, we make fun of saying like, hey, you're the groovy cat. Uh, right. You know, so cool. What's your name again? <laughs> Bryant. <laughs> I just had a moment where I really, I had a cat? senior moment. I, I've officially become groovy, <laughs> groovy cat in your mind. Cat. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but then we also have, you know, cool cat Glenn. Uh, all of the jazz musicians I've known have been very laid back. Oh, and yeah. Fun. So cool. There was, uh, I played with a group called the St. Tom Cats. Okay. And, and this was actually in Virginia. Yeah, they, <laughs> cats are everywhere. Yeah. It was better than cats. Where, uh, where was this at? This was actually in Virginia where I went to high school, and okay. that was in Gainesville, Virginia. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it, it was this St. Thomas Methodist Church was down the way. <laughs> and I remember I would walk. We had a lake that was about a mile from our house, and it, it was my favorite thing to do in the evenings after supper during the, the summers mm -hmm. is I would walk down to the lake, and I would always pass this little, it was one of these country churches, you know, this mm -hmm. little wooden church, yeah. St. Thomas Methodist. And there was one night I walked by and I heard this really cool stuff. <laughs> and I found out that they had a little ensemble that they called themselves the St. Tom uh, uh, Cats. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how cool that they're playing here. So I went in and, you know, took my trumpet in one time, decided <laughs> to, you know, jam with these guys. And it was one time and... Mm -hmm. uh, I was not invited back. Oh. <laughs> but uh, I will say there they were some really neat guys. There was a guy named Lee, and he was my first uh, introduction to a jazz musician mm -hmm. because I walk in and he never, I'd never heard a complete sentence out of Lee. Uh -huh. But he would just sit there with a the trumpet. He'd be like, yeah, we're going to play. Yeah, here we go. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then he'd pick up his trumpet. And this glorious, mm -hmm. the, the clouds would open and the angels of jazz would descend. Yes. Yep. And then, you know, he'd put it down like, oh, that's how you do it. That's how jazz and what have you. <laughs> and I will never forget Lee. <laughs> he, he's my inspiration for jazz. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. And, and that's similar to the way a lot of these jazz musicians learned. You know, you listen, uh, we had Wayne Bergeron here on campus here last year. Um, phenomenal trumpet player, one of the best in the world on campus here playing and, and giving a master class. And he, wow. said, he said, you know, how'd you learn? Well, the, his teacher said, hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you play like this guy? And, <laughs> and he said, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, play like him. So he went home and he learned how to play like him. And then he'd come back and he said, that's pretty good. Well, if you play like that guy. And he'd send him to another guy. And they just learned. They'd listen to all these jazz musicians. Mm. And that's something that, that I think is is important for young musicians, not just jazz musicians, musicians in general, is to listen, to listen to, to groups and to people who have more experience than them, because that's where they get the ideas. There, there's, a, there's a weird culture that's out there that says, you know, you, you can't, you shouldn't listen to what other people are doing on the same piece of music that you're doing. So if I'm doing a John Philip Sousa march, I shouldn't listen to the President's Own Marine Band perform because then my performance will sound like theirs. Hmm. That's just not true in my mind. T 
to me, I look at it and I say, you have to listen to them, but you also had better listen to this group and that group and the other group and get a whole bunch of ideas out there. And then when you've got all these ideas, then you've got more sort of arrows in the quiver that you can pull out and use so that when you're conducting the Susan March, you say, you know, I think I need to try this instead because it worked over here. And then you have more things to work with. Mm-hmm. So I think I think jazzers have a really good idea of how to learn music in many, many ways. Um, and we can all all learn from it. And remember, they talk too. They, it's not just like us. They got to do a bit more. It's got to be that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I have a lot of admiration for jazz musicians. And we do have the Rebel Jazz Band. We do. Here, which is, I was surprised to find out it's not actually the Dixie State Jazz Band, but Rebel Jazz Band is an entity of their own. Mm-hmm. We had the pleasure of hearing their Christmas concert. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Wonderful. Gary Caldwell yep. was yeah, a member Gary of it. Yeah, Several people that I knew. Uh, Dr. Timothy Francis sure. was a part of it. Uh, Dr. Rhonda Rhodes. Rhonda Lots was of amazing. doctors, yeah. these medics. Yeah. No, I'm not I've, medical. But. I've played with them a couple of times as well. I wasn't on that concert, but I've, I've played with them a few times. And I love getting in there with those guys. They're great. They're just cool people. They are. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Let me ask you, you, you mentioned your wife and your family. Yeah. And uh, let me ask you, are they into music like you or are they off on their own their own worlds no they're football players they are they are all into a lot of different things Um, but but music is a major part of our home Um, my oldest is playing saxophone guitar piano Uh, he was in a marimba band up north which was (laughs) awesome it was great Um, so he's done a lot of that my second son is is a kindred spirit to you michael he's he's a tuba player and a trumpet player and this he wants to be in the room making noise big noise you got to have a brassy personality and he has it he is a great brassy personality he's awesome um and so i love watching my boys do that my girls also play they play violin and piano um, and they're doing morning strings with the Candlins. I don't know if you've had the Candlins around on the show or anything, but um, I don't think Ed, we have. Ed and Kirsten Candlin are wonderful main staples oh. in the community here with with uh, educational music here. They they do a great job. So they play violin. And then my wife, for many years, has just said that you know she's the one who listens. You know Heather's the one who who has to go to the concerts, and mm-hmm. and she's. It's been fun to watch her actually talk about music in different ways. And now she's my sounding board. She will say to me at the end of the concert, she, last concert, she came up to me and she said, you were 10 minutes too long. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I knew I was 10 minutes over from what what, what was the right length for that concert. Um, and, and yeah. you know, she'll say yeah. she'll say things like, yeah, your tuba's really good in this, or yeah, I, I'm, I don't know about this instrument over here, or whatever. And, and um, so she's always talking about it. But now, this is really fun, um, she has gotten a calling in church to, to teach all the kids music. So she's the, the primary chorister now. She's the best calling the best, in the world. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. And I have found that she is a music educator at heart. She absolutely <laughs> has it. And it's yeah. beautiful. She'll say to me things and I'll just smile and she'll say, what? And I'll say, sounds like what I learned in my ed class at such and such a year. And, and sure enough, she's doing it and she's yeah. doing it beautifully. That's great. Um, so she's, she is a musician too. 
Oh, I yeah. got to give a compliment to this lovely lady on my left here. Uh-oh. One of the best primary choristers I have ever seen. <laughs> Excellent. It, we talk so often on the show about how important kids are and the spark that they have. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that is you, you mentioned I, I kind of got this impression about your wife when she's being the chorister in front of these children. And also something that I absolutely adore about watching my wife in oh, front of these on. kids yeah. is they sparkle more than the kids. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. There is a sparkle that has yeah. to be there with those kids. There's an energy. Gotta be fun. Yeah. It, it mm, is. Yeah. And and yet at the same time, there is this this wonderful chance to teach. Yeah. And and yeah. they respond, those kids respond and they smile and they're cute. Oh my yes. goodness. Yeah. Just cute kids. Yep. Yep. Now so. now we say this very idealistically. Now I, I've had my share of experiences with kids as well. And yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they're yeah. cute. Other times I have to say, <laughs> you know, I'm watching that clock run down. Look, look, when I when I was before I got into my high school gig when I was still in college, I, I had the chance to teach some middle school for long term substitution. Bless you. And and Bless I you. will and, and that's the right answer. I mean, for me personally, I had to go home, take ibuprofen and sit in a dark corner for, for a day after mm. I was done. It was really hard for me. Were they great kids? Yeah, they were great kids. I loved being around them. But it was just the the dynamic didn't work for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, I've watched colleagues who have taught high school for years um, who have said, I'm going to go take a middle school job and these younger kids or an elementary school job. And I'm going to go teach these young kids fundamentals. And they're happy as can be mm. because they have that ability to connect and that mm-hmm. sparkle with those kids. And uh, so there is a beauty with it. But we all have our place. You know, mm-hmm. you you both have your places in, in various different activities that you're in. I have it in my place here at Dixie State with the bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that, that, that we all can find our place and we can just do our thing the right way. And if we support each other in it, then we all get to interact right, with right. each other on it. And it's a wonderful thing. Now, if I had a, had a son or a daughter that was interested in doing band mm-hmm. at Dixie State University, how would I go about uh, getting them involved? Do you teach privately sure. or how is What's the best? Route? I do teach privately. I teach saxophone lessons privately. Yeah. Um, so that is something that I do do. Although most of the kids that, that connect with me, that I, I connect with, are through either me going out to high school band programs or yeah. people who are just looking at Dixie State and wanting to be involved in mm-hmm. instrumental music. Um, but I am the contact for that. So if somebody okay. wants to join the band, they come to me. I There's plenty of times when I invite students to just come and sit in with us and enjoy oh, a rehearsal. Fun. Just come and play. <laughs> come and meet the, the other band yeah. members and feel what it feels like. Uh-huh. Um, and then I'm happy to answer questions, to take them on tours, to, to help them navigate that sometimes confusing transition of getting to college. Yes. It's a hard yes. thing to do. Um, and one of the best things about DSU is that every single person in that music department and in any department that I've really seen is there. Oh. There, You know, if there's a, a struggle to get into something, yeah, come talk to me. Mm-hmm. I'll help you. I'll put you in touch with the right person that I can or whatever. We, we're we here to help. We're here to serve those do they, kids. Do they contact you through email? Or? Yep, they can okay. contact me through email. Um, so I... I I'm on the website there, okay. on the music department website. Okay. Um, just click on my name and come find me, and, and we'll open an email 
correspondence or a phone correspondence, and it works. That's one thing I do love about Dixie State University is in the Eccles, the uh, faculty mm-hmm. <laughs> offices. All the doors are open, yeah. and all of you are so warm and inviting for all these young, scared students that come in. They know they have a safe place to come in and talk and, mm-hmm. and get their education going. So. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like we're the dark side of Diagon Alley. <laughs> well, it's kind of hiding over yeah. there. You know? <laughs> That's right. And, and yet yeah. every kid who, who I see come in, if they find that they're safe, if they can yes. feel safe, then they have a place to come when mm-hmm. they when when it is a, a tough time. Yeah, um, you know, there's plenty of kids who are in the hallways, and you can tell. All right, I need to go see that one because huh. there's something going on, and mm-hmm. we have a, and we have a talk, mm-hmm. and everything works out, and they make it through, and they're wonderful. That's great. I'm going to tell you something I've been hearing lately, okay. and this is Uh-oh. when your class breaks up or when you have, like, sometimes you have individual students who go in for, I guess it's ear training or, sure. or something like that. Yep. And whenever they leave, recently, mm-hmm. I keep hearing, see you, Dad. See you later, Dad. <laughs> what? <laughs> and at first I thought, is Brian's family visiting? It's, it's expanding um, at this point. No. Um, they, it's actually, yes. Um, so this is this core group that, that are calling me Dad. Um, I recently took a group of students to Colorado for a conducting symposium where they spent two days learning um, intensively from the director of bands at the Ohio State University and the director of bands at the University of New Hampshire and people at Northern Colorado. And so we had a wonderful trip. There were seven students who went with me and they learned beautifully. It was it, it was so cool that I'm actually going to give a presentation this Friday at our teaching and learning conference on taking your students outside of the classroom and the, the results of it. You I mean, rebels, it was, you. I know, seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but it, was, it was wonderful. So they, when we were there, my wife went with me on the trip and they would call us mom and dad. We'd be driving, <laughs> like, mom, I need a, oh, dad. No. Da, da, da. And so they've continued this trend and it's just been this really funny thing. And they, and they do. And I call, bye kids, you know. Yeah. And, um, and today three of them approached me and they said, we were thinking about getting an apartment, but we think we're going to move in with you instead and we'll just pay you for rent. Oh, yeah. And I said, that's fine. Stay out of my fridge. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah. so we had a good a good joke about it. But that's why you hear the dad stuff uh, going on there. <laughs> They're great kids. Gotcha. Well, if people wanted to come and either watch you perform as a conductor sure. or listen yes. to your ensembles or even listen to you perform live mm-hmm. on an instrument yourself, sure. where would they go? Lots of opportunities. Gosh, the music department has so much music going on right now, and it's great. Um, uh, The first place that they could go for stuff that's connected to me is the Saturday. We have our new music concert that's going on. Um, All music that's been written within the last 50 years. Um, And I have a piece that's premiering on it, which is just a short choral number. Um, And Dr. Timothy Francis has one as well. We're just going to put a couple of choir pieces together that, you, awesome. that I wrote. You composed. Wow. Yeah, I composed that one. Um, it's called Please Let Me Rest, and it's a, a, a hymn-style uh, uh-huh. piece for five uh, five parts. So that's going on. So that's this Saturday. But if they wanted to go instrumental, um, our next concert for the symphony band is the 11th uh, of April, which will be at Pineview High School. We're sharing the stage with Pineview High School. Um, oh, we'll do three numbers, they'll do three numbers, and then I think we're doing a medley in the middle uh, combined, which will be a lot of fun. 
And so that's that one. And then a week later, the following Thursday, which I guess would be the 18th, um, is our band concert that we're doing. We're doing commissioned works, uh, two pieces that are written specifically that we have commissioned and paid money to have written uh, for us to play. And so we're in a, a consortium with several other universities and schools. Um, one of them was written for John Miller, who um, was uh, retired from American Fork High School as their band director, uh, what, three years ago, I guess. Yeah. And we were on the commission for that. And then the very other well one. Very well known for his marching band. Very work. well done. <laughs> very well worked. But no. not just that. If you listen to his jazz bands and his, his concert bands, uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, they get the, the marching image, but the music education that was happening there under him and is continuing with Nate Siemens, by the way, uh, he, he does a beautiful job with the band. It's just phenomenal there. Um, so that's one that we're doing. We're doing another one that was commissioned for former Davis High School director uh, Steve Hendricks, who was there for 30 years and uh, did a, a beautiful job there as well. So we're doing that one. I was hoping to do a third commissioned work, but it hasn't arrived yet. Um, and that one is one for... Uh, for wind ensemble and electronic sounds. And, uh, and it's a big, like, 20-minute long work, huge, huge work. Um, unfortunately, it hasn't arrived. I heard the premiere in Tempe, Arizona, here about three weeks ago, and oh. it was beautiful, um, written by Stephen Bryant, just a, a really neat piece, mm -hmm. uh, but not arrived yet. So that one won't be on the concert. So we won't do that one quite yet. Um, but then we'll get some other traditional stuff. Uh, John Philip Sousa's on there. So we'll get a little bit of that. Um, yeah, we're just, we're going to have a great time. And where do we go to get tickets to these events? The ticket office uh, is, is always available okay. down at the Cox. Okay. Uh, you can always get tickets through there. Um, if you come the night of the performance, come a few minutes early. We have a box office just off there in the uh -huh. Eccles. You can always get tickets there. Uh, $5 general admission, $1 for students with wow. the student IDs. Uh, great deal to get in yeah. if you're a student. Uh, <laughs> so, so go ahead and, and use that for a Dixie ID. Mm -hmm. I guess I should say that faculty member get that as well. So <laughs> I've got one of those. Uh, you got one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let me ask you. I'm just curious. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you composed something for five voices. Yes. Uh, and we've talked about jazz and conducting and uh, band, wind ensembles and such. What drew you to compose something for voices? I, I've sung for many, many years. Um, mm -hmm. When I was in high school, I was in choirs. Um, I kind of did everything I could when I was in high school. Um, when I was in college, I sang less formally with, with collegiate groups. I sang in some, some groups, but, um, but for the most part, I sang with an acapella group, which maybe you've heard of. I don't know. It's called Moose Butter. And, uh, you know, I can't say that. If, it sounds like I a Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Yeah, it, it sounds really yummy. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. It's, it's, I wasn't so sure when I thought about butter coming from a moose, but, um, but we were definitely, I was in that group for, I guess, three years. It was a comedy acapella group oh, and we yeah. would, put, we would do all sorts of stuff. Uh, Google, uh, moose butter, star Wars, and oh, you'll, gosh. you'll hear the, the, the opening, you know, you must use the force, oh, no. and, and it's it's a total parody on John Williams' music using um, using Star, Star Wars. Wars quotes. So oh, that great. type of stuff is what I did for my collegiate years, and then I've just sort of sung off and on with a lot of different groups and and solos and stuff. My voice isn't, I think, as rich as it used to be. I I don't sing nearly as much as I used to, but I love. I love that sound. Mm. And uh, so I've written several pieces for choir, really. I've, I've uh, done this one. I did one for voice uh, 
which I've just submitted for publication, um, which is called To Marry the Handmaid of the Lord, which is oh, uh, wow. taking the, the words of the angel Gabriel in the Annunciation and setting it for uh, tenor voice, piano, and violin. Um, so that oh. one is on its way out right now. Oh. I've got another, a couple other choir pieces that I've written in the past that haven't seen the light of day, and I'm not sure if they will or not, but they're out there. They're, they're, they're on my computer waiting to be revived. Wow. So. As I must say, we've actually run out of time oh, no. yet again. And I actually wanted to get into some of your research on the history of Mormon bands yes. and things of that sort, but... Of course, we get we'll to talk. Have them and, back on. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. And we'll we actually have a, a, well, a little something. we have a special gift today. It's our little swag. We're going to give you a post-it that's on the arts, Radio St. George, 103.fm. Awesome. You're our first one to receive our official yes, post-it. I, I feel yes, honored. Yes, you that are honored. That is going in my office oh. in a place of honor. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want a post-it from us? So yeah, isn't it beautiful? That's gorgeous. Yes, right that's right. Yep. gorgeous. <laughs> if you'd like your own, please do send us a self-addressed stamp. And we will send you your very own post-it. We're giving out post-its. Now, yeah, I love it. Well, <laughs> only the best. Thank you so <laughs> thank much, you. so much for joining yes, us and for Brian, listening. Thank you. Thank you. Now uh, yeah. we are going to be gone for the rest of today, but on Thursday, check yeah. us out at 4 p.m. Yeah, we'll be back for Swan Day. Uh-huh. And until then, keep your focus Bye. on the arts. <laughs> You've been listening to On the Arts with Michael and Christina Harding. Search Facebook. George.com.